everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. We do have a request though, before we get started, if you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 384, an update episode. Yeah, that's right. 384. And it's kind of exciting because uh, it's kind of a weird thing happening right now. We're recording this right before we record our live on Monday. So if you're listening to the podcast right now and you haven't yet come over to our Monday mini-sodes and subscribe there, now is the time to subscribe because Rolanda and I have started, uh, at least for now, we're going live on Mondays. So if you want to check out some live content and get to interact with us in the... Uh, in the comment section, it's a ton of fun. So I'm 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 uh I'm speaking about the past, but I'm speaking uh about something that hasn't happened yet. So I'm sure we're gonna have a ton of fun on our live. It, they're always a ton of fun. So uh, make sure to come on over so you don't miss our next Monday mini live. Uh, they're they're fantastic. We love to interact with you. But today is our update episodes, and we love the update episodes because it's our chance to kind of tell you all what we're doing reselling wise, our ups and downs, and we're always very real with that. Uh, along with, it's our opportunity to kind of talk about what's going on in the reselling world. And uh, this is, I think, one of the things that kind of sets us apart is we don't just talk about, you know, tips and bolos and what's sold, but we kind of try and talk about the big macro and micro th- level things about what's going on with reselling. Uh, so definitely make sure to stay tuned till the end uh, because we do have those sweet bolos that that come up. Uh, but yeah, Orlando, how are things going, man? Oh, such a loaded question. And uh, it, it's interesting because as we were putting together the notes, I was like, I, I don't want to get too much into, you know, kind of how not, not not that sales are slow. Sales are great. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But the the flooding that happened, you know, last podcast, last update, uh, update episode, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I thought, you know, I had a little flood in the living room, garage, uh, one of my other rooms, and I had inventory in the garage and I had inventory in the other room. And but luckily I had shelves and things were elevated. So I didn't have a lot of damage, but it was still a mess to move everything. Well, I didn't, there's a few things I've learned from this. And, and, and hopefully this is something that others can figure this out. Uh, one, at least in San Diego, uh, whether you have homeowners insurance or rental insurance, uh, flood is not covered unless you specifically lay it out. And I, I didn't know that. You know, I thought, you know, there's this thing called apparel, P-E-R-I-L. And I guess it doesn't fall under apparel when you get flooded. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And so luckily, none of my stuff uh, got damaged. I had a few things that wet, but I was able to dry it out. I had some rugs that I still need to sell from last summer, those very expensive rugs. But I was able to dry those out and everything was fine. And, you know, I, I am thankful I'm renting. I know a lot of people will say you're better off rent owning a home. But at this moment in time, you know, I, I don't have to pay for the electricity that's running during this time. My landlord has been great about that because we've been having fans and dehumidifiers running 24 hours a day for about a week. And then there's uh, some demolition going on uh, starting tomorrow. Uh, and they're going to, you know, tear up the floor because they, they believe that it's wet underneath. And and we're going to we might have to tear off the floor everywhere like it's just going to be a huge mess and so i'm kind of grateful that i don't have to deal with the headache of financing all that uh and so my landlord has been great about that uh and you know it, it, it's also been a lesson of staying organized 
if I was not organizing my inventory, my business w- would have been shut down. And luckily, through all this, I haven't put my store on vacation. I haven't changed my handling time. Every single item that I've had to relocate has been, you know, in a bin or a tote with this custom SKU number. And I've been able to find things right away, which I'm kind of impressed because uh, years ago when I was reselling, it was not that way. And so that's one thing. Uh, Make sure, number one, make sure your insurance, if you are worried about flooding, which no one in San Diego, no one in San Diego ever thought they needed insurance for flooding. Okay. Uh, So make sure you check that out. Number two, make sure you stay organized. And and number three, you know, always have a plan if, you know, if if things go south, if you can't work, if you can't figure things out, Uh, because there are other resellers in in the San Diego area that right now it's pretty rough. Um, You know, I had been talking to Latin Pickers, our good friends of the podcast, and uh, they lost, you know, several Gaylords uh, just full of books, just destroyed uh, you know, a third of, you know, a big, I don't know if it was a third, I don't know how much it was a big portion of the Royal house got flooded. Uh, and so they've been out of, they've been pretty much out of work for the last week and a half. They haven't been able to process stuff. And, and luckily, you know, they're, they're smart guys and, and they have things in place that they can still kind of be mobile a little bit. And they have, you know, obviously, uh, reserves in case anything happens. Uh, but you just never know. You just never know. And, you know, we're talking about, We've talked about all kinds of different scenarios from 2020 uh, to, you know, we, we had an episode where we talked about an EMP, all these different things. But it's always good to just I know we were joking about that, but it's always good to to think through, you know, what would happen if I couldn't do eBay for a week or I couldn't do Amazon for a week. And it, it just had me thinking about that. Now, the other side of it, now I'm looking at how can I reorganize things now? Now that everything is a mess, I have. I have inventory in my hallway. I have inventory in the podcast room. I have inventory in my living room. I have there's stuff everywhere because I had to clear out space for demo to take place. And so, you know, always, always be aware that uh, be aware. So, despite all that, uh, sales have been really good. And I and I I want to say it has to do with I, I eventually came to a place where I'm like I, I I'm gonna have to change things up. I can't keep you know, doing the same old, same old. And so I'm sourcing different. Uh, and it's interesting because we did a whole episode with with Wayne from K-Way Shop. And we'll talk about that in a moment because I think there's some good reflections that come out of that uh, interview. Uh, I'm not, I don't pick up clothes anymore. I am picking up a lot of collectibles, a lot of vintage toys, uh, a lot of uh, vintage like uh, books and so on. Not, not like vintage books, but kind of like manga and stuff like that. I'm going down that road more and I find that there's a greater sell through rate and I've been selling a lot more. Now, it has been a lot more volume. So, for example, you know, I did sell a football jersey for a hundred bucks. I sold another football jersey for 120 bucks. And that was nice because I only paid four or five bucks for those. And and selling these vintage toys, I'm selling, you know, $20 here, $30 here. So I have to sell a lot more, but I'm okay with it because it's it's been really easy, especially through this whole flood. I haven't had to use my huge light box. I can just go one of the smaller light boxes, go anywhere, and I can you know process uh, twenty to thirty lists a day because the pictures are easy. If if things sell, it's really easy to pack and to ship. And so I've I've changed my model a little bit. Uh, I, I've moved away from clothing, uh, shoes. I've moved away from not sourcing as much shoes. I used to when I go went into a store, I used to go to shoes first, and then I go to the clothing. Uh, when I went to a thrift store, and I go wherever. Now I start off in the hard goods section, in the toy section, and then I make my way back. So it's been it's been a shift, but I think that shift has helped 
Uh, my business to pick up has been successful. I have actually better numbers now than I had during Q4. And I, I don't know if it's, you know, you, you never know with eBay. Is it me? Was it that eBay fixed some glitches? Is it now that people are looking for toys after, you know, Q4? I don't know what it is, but things have improved. And then along with that, you know, I've been going back to the thrift and I, I find Again, I've said this before, you know, it, it just it's good. It's good. Now, shout out to uh, Emily the other day, one of our listeners. Uh, I walked out of the thrift. I went to start my car. My car was dead uh, because I left the lights on because it was raining. And you drive, you know, with your lights on. And she was willing to help me out. Unfortunately, uh, all my jumper cable stuff. And uh, I also have one of those portable jumpers. It was all in my son's car because uh, well, actually in my car. But we switched cars because I had to take my car to the mechanic and I had his car. But she was willing to stand there with me and wait as I looked for jumper cables uh, inside. The thrift store didn't find any. Uh, and eventually she left. But, you know, I understood. I mean, she how long are you going to wait? You know, she could have been there another hour. So shout out to you. Thank you so much for helping me out. And eventually I got the jump and I was able to get home. So right now I'm kind of in this place where I got to roll with the punches. You know, I had uh, like I said, I had one car uh, that ended up you know, I had a misfire in the in the engine and I got that fixed. Then my son's car's check engine light came on. Then the flooding. Uh, then, you know, just you just get keep getting hit. And I would say reselling is not for the weak. Um, you know, you got to you got to ride the roller coaster. And 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 sometimes you just got to keep moving forward because there's nothing else you can do. You can sit there. You can wallow. You can be depressed. You can so you can blame everything. You can blame the macroeconomic reasons, which there is some validity to that. Uh, you can you can blame anything you want. But the reality is it's all on you and you got to make things happen. And fortunately, uh, when I started with that, you know, incentive to get better, then we had the interview with Wayne. And that kind of was uh, an encouragement to me that, you know, if he's making it happen, I can make it happen again. I actually texted Wayne. I said, hey, just let you know, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. The fact that your interview motivated me, even though you said you've listened to the podcast for a while. But it, I had a great time talking with you. And uh you know, this is why we kind of switch things up too. And so anyways, that is my update. How are things for you, Mike? Nice, man, man. I'm, I'm sorry about the, uh, the flooding there. That's, that's frustrating. I saw, um, my wife's been showing me things on social media about, you know, pictures and things coming out of San Diego and definitely seems wild. I mean, cause you guys just had like the week before there was another big rain. So, uh, pretty crazy. I mean, I'm glad I avoided it cause I hate rain. Um, but at the same time, you know, I've, I've had some flooding deal with like minor flooding and big rains in San Diego and, and, and it's not fun. Uh, it's not fun for anybody anywhere, but like you said, if you're not used to it, it's, it's even worse. Um, so man, sorry about that, but, um, yeah, things are, things are going pretty good. You, you reminded me when you mentioned selling clothing and your light box, I kind of got, was thinking about that a little bit. So, uh, our conversation with Wayne, uh, got me kind of looking at, you know, specifically I looked up, you know, Polo Ralph Lauren shirts and then I started looking up a couple of other, uh, um, various things that he sells some, you know, I watch some of his videos, what he's picking up. I'm like, okay, let me look up this brand. Let me just do my own research. The way we've talked about doing research. Um, one of my favorite ways of doing it is you, you just, you go on Google, you put in sold and you kind of filter. I, I, I try not to, you know, do the most extreme examples. So you I go find on those eBay? like, yeah, what did I say? You said you go on Google. Oh yeah. 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 Sorry. I go on eBay. Uh, I check for the sold comps on, um, on, you know, whatever brand I'm looking for. And specifically, I'm looking for like those middle of the road kind of bread and butter sales, like what's selling consistently? What do they have in common? And one of the things I noticed uh, on a lot of the ones that were selling like 
really well, like high brands that were moving quickly, were that the pictures weren't just like light box, infinite white, you know, perfect white backgrounds, like uh, we've, you know, been told in the past was eBay's model, and they've kind of shifted away from that. And there's been some discussion in our Discord, even with some people saying, you know, hey, I've looked at this really successful reseller, um, I've looked at their store, what they're doing, and when they take clothing pictures, they're not doing the white background, they're they're putting it on the ground, they're putting it here, and so uh, you know, and they're not even putting in measurements. And a lot of the ones I was seeing that you know seemed like a really easy thing to do was just like carpet and specifically like a solid color, like gray carpet. And you could tell it was carpet and just a shirt laying on it, um, kind of stretched out, maybe with a picture of uh, measuring tape on one of them going across the chest or something. And again, none of the measurements like put into the description. It was but just it's like still pictures. In the picture, though. It's in the pictures, a quick throw the, the measurement over, yeah. take some pictures. And it's to me, it's like the, the I've been one of the things that has been holding me back for uh, listing because I have like a toe of a ton of um, Hawaiian shirts that I think are going to sell pretty well. I know that market has kind of died in some areas, but I have some some good ones. And I I don't currently have a place to hang them up in my old place where I took pictures. I had a, a white um, like paper that I pulled down. I don't really have a space for that now. And so I'm like, okay, where am I house? I, I'm not going to leave it up. So that means that I need to consistently set this thing up and then take it down. I don't have space for a big um, light box. But then I'm like, man, this is really easy. They just laying this on some carpet. So I could go to Home Depot. I could go to Big Five or Big Lot, not Big Five, Big Lots or, you know, whatever place that has some carpet, get a solid color carpet that I can just roll up, roll out, put it on the ground, maybe have two or three different ones in case you have different color patterns. Like, okay, gray works for a lot of them. But if I have a gray shirt, then I have a, a black one or I've got a white one or something. And it's a little bit easier than dealing with paper because the white papers that I've used, or I've even used white canvas in the past, they get dirty so quickly. And then that I feel like messes your pictures up more. So I'm like, man, if it's just as simple as rolling out this carpet, maybe on my my kitchen table or on the floor, throwing the shirt down, throwing the pants down, taking the picture, that removes one of the big hurdles that I have currently mm -hmm. with listing clothes. And I'm sure that would remove the hurdle for a lot of other people too. So um, just to, to, to maybe encourage people that if you're kind of still stuck in that it has to be perfectly in a photo box, I don't think that's necessarily the model that eBay pushes. And if somebody's looking for something, like if I'm looking for a pair of piranha pants and I know what size I want and I know what, you know, what cut I want and all of that, if I see one that's taken in a photo box and I see one where it's just laying on a piece of carpet, but I could see, okay, there's no stains, there's no, I'm not going to care. And I don't think a lot of our buyers care either if it's the right price. So um, I'm interested in giving that a shot. That's just kind of a side note on what I was thinking. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing is, Orlando, believe it or not, but I got my taxes done. That's insane. And, and it's the, wild, the, the, right? It's, we were just talking about it like the other day. Like you already you hadn't even completed them, uh, or maybe you did. But uh, that's that's wild. Okay, before we talk about that, just can we stop on the the photo booth thing? So yeah, go for it. It was interesting that you brought that up to the discussion in Discord because I want to make sure everybody understands that, yes, you don't put measurements in the description, but they're still in the pictures, right? Because we had uh, some individuals in Discord test it out. They're like, oh, this one guy doesn't do measurements. And sure enough, like they got like five messages within three days. What are the measurements on this? And they uh, quickly were like, yep, I'm going to start putting measurements, whether it's in the picture description. So make sure you do that. But I do think, you know, the white background, it depends on what you're selling. But I agree with you. Things have changed. I, I think part of it, too, is 
it's more important to have 20 listings that maybe it's on, you know, a rug or something uh, than having five good listings with the white infinity background. Does that make sense? And so, yep. you know, the more listings, the more activity you have, the better. And yeah, I agree with you. If people see a good deal, they want that good deal. So, yeah, I, I, I appreciate you bring that up because we were pushing on that forever. And now I think things have kind of shifted. All right. Taxes. So yep. what got you motivated? What would you know? You're on top of it, um, man. Yeah. Oh, well, a couple of reasons. Uh, one, my wife is pretty type A, which is uh, very useful for our marriage. Um, I've, I've become more and more organized, focused, checklist, all of that. I've had to force myself to be organized. Um, but, you know, I know my wife and I know our marriage and uh, those types of things like loom over her head. And so uh, as you know, being a good husband, when she's like, oh, did you get all the tax paperwork? It's like once I have it, I'm going to get it done. Right. And so we decided to carve out uh, an afternoon and evening, and we got all of our ducks in a row, uh, and we got it done. You know, and, and having all of the the tools that we you know utilize, you know, whether it's my reseller genie, whether it's you know just keeping track on our own you know documents, my like queue, uh, all the different things that we have was very useful. And and this isn't simple taxes. I mean, any any of our listeners kind of understand if you're doing reselling that your taxes are more complicated. Um, but in addition to that, you know, we have the podcast. There's a little bit of revenue that comes from that. It's not an insane amount of revenue, but it's enough revenue that it has to be reported. We report it to the IRS, you know, because we're that's just what we're supposed to do, which means then again, that's one more thing where you got to, okay, well, you know, what were my expenses? What equipment did I purchase? What, what uh, software am I paying for? And so just all of those things adds another layer. My wife also has kind of a side hustle that she does with a, a homeschool program. And so she gets a 1099 for that. And so it wasn't just one, I've got to do my eBay, right? It, it was, it was eBay, it's podcast, it's um, my wife's 1099 on top of a regular W2 and I moved jobs and I bought a house and we had another kid. So like, you know, I don't know if you've ever used TurboTax, Moe's TurboTax, it always, it always starts to like, let's see if anything's changed. And there's like a whole list of things. And I think I clicked all of them, but one, right? Uh, <laughs> every single day was like, yep, I moved. Yep. I got a new job. Yep. I, uh, I, you know, bought a house. So I had another kid, right? So all of those things, like, uh, it, it added extra layers, but I tell you what, getting that done and having that out of the way is such a, a relief for a couple of reasons. One, it's not hanging over your head anymore. And one of the things I talk about a lot on the podcast, and I think it's so true, uh, is getting things done and having stuff like being in an environment that's conducive for working is going to one, make it so you're more willing to work. And two, it makes just the working and the normal day-to-day -day life stuff you have easier. So for instance, right here in this studio that I'm in, you know, my garage, um, I've got a green screen behind me, but behind my green screen, I've got inventory. I've got my table set up where I take pictures of items. I got inventory on my other side. I've got a toolbox of stuff over here. I've got, I've got stuff everywhere. And I knew I was going to be recording today. And so this weekend I spent an extra 20, 30 minutes, just getting everything nice and clean organized. Because when I walked out here to record, I just felt better. It's like, okay, I can record. But then there's times when I come out here and it's a little bit messy because I've been listing things and I haven't put the light box down. I haven't put inventory away. And you just feel it, you know, yeah. and so uh, taxes is one of those things. And so um, I, I highly encourage all of our listeners. I know that there may be instances like if you owe and you know you're going to owe, I suggest getting your all your paperwork done, all everything in, in, in order and then wait to the last minute to pay. Like, obviously, you want to you, you don't want to pay early. You don't want to do all of that stuff. You want to keep your capital. However, if you know, like I would rather know than just be thinking, because that was the other thing, too, is um, hanging over both of our heads, my wife and I, was 
How much are we going to owe? Are we going to owe? Maybe would we get something back this year? And so as we're trying to plan things like, hey, we could actually use another shed for eBay. eBay is doing really well right now. Should we pull out the eBay money to get this shed? And it's like, well, how do you think taxes are going to be? Do you think we're, how much do you think we're going to owe? Should we pull some? So just by knowing those numbers, whether or not you owe, whether you're getting anything back. So I highly recommend people if they haven't done their taxes yet, get it done. Um, don't push it off too much. Because even if you say, okay, I'm going to push it off another month. I got an extension. It still looms over you. It's still every day you're thinking like, oh, I got to do my taxes soon. I got to do my taxes soon. So Orlando, this is me uh, preaching to you also. Yeah, no, no. I, I agree with you. I, the only reason I, I wait is I will not do my taxes unless I have everything squared away. Unless I have my mileage down, my deductions down, uh, every single bit. Every single dollar I can keep from the government taking from me, I will keep. And so I, I wait. I do my due diligence uh, and, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. I, I'm willing to even pay the interest if I owe uh, because it's worth it to me because my number will be a lot lower if I wait. But yeah, if, if you're not like Orlando and you're organized, you should be able to get, you should be able to get it done uh, right away. And I appreciate you talking about taxes. We don't get too much in taxes, by the way, this isn't financial advice or tax advice, but I will say this. There's a certain feeling in the reselling community, especially if you're brand new, that you need to get a, a tax preparer or somebody that's done reselling taxes before, like that they have vast experience. And I'm telling you, that's not the case. And the reason it's not the case is because reselling is like any other business, right? You're buying inventory, you're selling inventory, right? You have fees to pay, you have tax to pay. Every every other business has that, right? And now it not, may not be the same, uh, but you you also have mileage in every other business that you do. You also have deductions. It's It's all the same. And what I found sometimes is that it's actually better to get somebody that is not necessarily reselling inclined because they have a lot of clients that have real like huge businesses. And so they know about every single deduction that you can get and you end up with a better tax return. Because I've talked to other resellers that have stayed really focused and they're like, I'm only going to go to this person because this person's only done e-commerce and i'm like well it, it's not like it's it's not it's, it's not like 19 you know 99 and you know yahoo auctions has just come out like this has been around for a while so. but i'm glad no no i appreciate the motivation i have considered doing my taxes by uh by april uh, I, what i'm hoping for is that because of the flooding uh we'll get an extension again like we did last year and i'll be good until october so that, that's my thought Discover the remarkable journey of Anonymous John. No one likes feeling alone, anxious, or overweight. But John refused to let his circumstances define him. When his weight ballooned to a staggering 600 pounds, he made a choice to take control of his life. He began documenting his journey in his journal, and after shedding his first 103 pounds, he decided to share his story with the world. Through his journal, he offers inspiration and hope to anyone struggling with similar challenges. If you're looking to be inspired and uplifted, the Anonymous John podcast is for you. Join us on this journey of transformation and visit our website, theanonymousjohn.com. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's possible. But again, you're just uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, right? Just pushing that back uh, as far as time-wise. No, but you're right, you're right. You want to have all of your ducks in a row. Uh, but yeah, other than that, reselling-wise, actually been really good. Um, I've been relatively consistent with my listings, uh, but the sales have been... I feel like they've just been coming in really, really well. We've had one of the best 
months I've had in a long, long time. Uh, I was kind of discouraged a little bit looking at my 2023 numbers. They were definitely down, but it was one of the craziest years of my entire life. Like it's going to go down in the history books as as one of the wildest years for for Mike. And so I, I'm not surprised, but it's nice. Um, you know, even talking to 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 Wayne Kway Shop about you know his 130k in 130 days, knowing the exact number he needs for each day, how that's useful. And that's one of the things I've done this year is um, I, I'm giving myself a ramp, like a like lead in time to where I want to be. But I've I'm, I've got given myself a hard deadline about which month I need to make how much money per month, which means I need to make average how much money each week, which means done the math. How many listings do I need to sell? Okay, so let's use my previous data that I have. How many listings do I need to make in order to assume that I'm going to be making X number of sales? So that what I've done is that I've I've given myself some hard deadlines and seeing that it's working. Right, like okay, I'm week three into this this ramp up to where I want to be. And I'm on track, right? I'm getting the listings I need to get done. I'm getting the sales I need to get done. And, and that's one of those things that, again, just an encouragement to people. Um, if you're at a place where you say, hey, I'm just going to resell. Cool. You know, maybe you do good, maybe you do bad. But if yeah. you're at a place where you say, I need to make $1,000 a month. I need to make $3,000 a month. I need to make whatever that number is for you to, to, to do all the things you need to do. Then you have something specific. You know, you say, okay, well, if I need, a, if I need to net $1,000 a month, then based off of the type of goods I sell, I need to be selling maybe $1,500 or $2,000 worth of goods, which means I need to be listing um, if my average cost of good is this. You know, So you, you have those numbers and you can kind of figure that out, which then gives you a hard, hey, did I list my 37 items this week? Because that's the number I need in order to, to be moving in this direction. Mm -hmm. And then there's no surprise if you're if it's working or not. And the nice thing is if it doesn't, if, if your numbers are off and you realize like, man, I'm doing, I'm hitting all the numbers I set for myself as far as how many listings, how many items selling, um, how many items I'm sourcing, but I'm still coming in 13% under what I need. Then, you know, you need to ramp up by 13%. So it's having those specific numbers are really useful. Um, and I think that's kind of what differentiates a, uh, like a hobby reseller who's just like, yeah, I find items that are cool. I put them up and when they sell, they sell great. And somebody who's doing it more as an actual side hustle where it's like, I need an extra $500 a month to pay my car payment. And somebody who's going full time. And, and again, even businesses, like even there's not a business that I can imagine that's a Fortune 500 business that isn't setting hard goals. By quarter four, we need to sell X amount of product. We need to get X amount of new clients. And then they have something to work for. So uh, it's just encouraging to see that as I'm doing that, uh, I'm getting those sales. The sales are coming in. It's cool seeing things go. I tell you what, though, I have a little bit of PTSD. I, maybe I shouldn't use that phrase uh, lightly. I know it's it's more serious than um, you, that. I'm giving you have credit fears. here, but I have I have legitimate like uh, minor minor trauma from um, when an item sales of I know I saw that before I moved, but was that one of the items I threw oh, away? Because yeah, yeah. I had one item, one item I threw away that I didn't unlist that I found so far. I have unlisted every other item that I threw away or that I donated or that I sold at, at a swap meet. But one of the first items that sold when I moved to Texas was one of the items that somehow didn't make it off of, um, <laughs> off of eBay. And so now every time an item sells instantly, my mind goes to, have I seen that since I've moved? Or or not? Like, did it make the move? And so every time, it's almost like this emotional roller coaster. Yes, I got a sale. <gasps> Have I seen that item? And then when I find it, I'm like, oh, thank goodness, it was here. Yeah, so no. yeah, it's been it's been a trip. 
And, and you know, it, I, it, it always, it's always, it always hits me when people start talking numbers. Cause I will tell you, I am a hobby reseller, even though I'm full time, I'm still a hobby. Now, have I done better year after? No, 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 no. You wouldn't, I wouldn't say hobby hobby. I would, I would look at hobby as like, you're just doing it for fun. Yeah, but I'm not. That's how I would define I, it. I am. Well, yeah, but that's me. I mean, yes, I do it for a living, but I do it for fun. Like I'm not, I, I don't look at my taxes and go, you know what? I'm going to hit 13% more. And, and a lot of people right now probably have turned off the podcast, <laughs> but I've always said, I'm here to document this journey. I'm not here to teach anybody. Yeah, I can teach because of my experience uh, and what I know, but I am not the guru. I'm not the guy that'll say, if you sell 40 thingamabobs, you know, every single day, then you need to be listing 40 thingamabobs. And then you need to at the same time, make sure that you promote here. And if you do all these things, well, A plus B will equal, you know, profit. I, I, I'm i not that guy. I'm kind of the, the reseller that I figured out a way to find profitable items. I make enough to pay the bills. And sometimes I do better than other months. Uh, and I have scaled. I mean, I haven't necessarily tracked it, but, I, you know, I, I scale in the fact that, you know, I have a, I'm living in a far better place than when I started reselling. Um, you know, I, I have, you know, I, I can give you all the materialistic reasons, but things are better. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, and, you know, I've been able to travel and all these things. But I do think if, if somebody wants to be serious, serious, like if they want to scale, they got to do numbers. That, and that's why I appreciate those resellers that are able to do the numbers, because I think there's all kinds of different YouTubers out there with different angles into reselling. I'm more of I'm more of I would say consider myself a picker. I like highlighting the stuff I find and the joy that I take in finding those items and listing them and so on. And so which is good. You bring balance to the force here, Mike, into the podcast. Yeah, it's kind of funny that I'm the I'm the part time way, uh, way less serious as far as how many items I'm selling on a consistent basis. And I'm, I'm more business minded on that. And you're you, you need it, man. If you don't if you don't make the sales, man, you're, you're not eating. But uh, but you're a little bit more laissez-faire about but, it. But it forces you knowing. I mean, look at me. Come on now. Forces me knowing that I'm not going to eat, that I better make things happen. And so uh, I make things happen. You know, I, I get out there. I, I source. I list. You know, I make those connections. I make those deals. Hey, and we just spent this whole time talking about taxes. So before we move on to our random stories, I want to discuss my reseller, Genie. Wait, Mike, we have not announced our winner for January. We need to announce oh, it. Man. We can't do it right now, though, but we'll make sure that by next week we'll announce we have not forgotten. There also will be a winner for February. And you're wondering, what yeah. am I talking about? Well, if you haven't heard our podcast before, My Reseller Genie is a great, great tool that you can use uh, for your taxes. So, for example, a lot of people use spreadsheets. My Reseller Genie takes care of all of that. They transfer all the data from eBay all your fees, all your shipping and everything. You also have an ability to track your inventory, how much you spent, how much it's sold for, and so on. And so you can use our code, uh, Pure Hustle. Uh, go to the link below and you'll get 15% off the first month. But our contest is you can get a free month of My Research Genie. And for this month, you need to leave, leave a comment. And in your comment, uh, leave wait, us. Wait, 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 wait! But before before yes. you get crazy about the uh, okay. how, like what needs to be in the comment? Yeah. Can't it just be a comment? Can't we just open it up? Like, leave any comment. Like, we love to read anything <laughs> no, you right, have right. to say. So for February, for February, it's free February. Okay. So any comment that you leave in free February will enter you into the contest. Last month it was you had to share something uh, that you were glad to get rid of during Q4, and so we will announce next week. I'll make sure to put it in our notes. We just. You know, I'm going to I'm going to blame the flooding for me forgetting about that. But it will happen. It will happen. Okay. 
Uh, so check out my reseller genie. Use our code Pure Hustle in the link below. Get fifteen percent off the first month. So random story. So wow, I'm looking at your stuff. It sounds interesting. Mine isn't. Mine mine is interesting because I'm always amazed at the people that I meet when I make local deals. Like you never know what's gonna happen. So what I've realized with local deals is that people are not not only are buyers flakes, but sellers are flakes too. In the sense that, like, somebody might list something, like, on Facebook Marketplace or OfferUp or whatever, and they'll list it, and you'll message them, and they may not get back to you. And sometimes that may mean move on. For me, it's like, I'm going to keep contacting them until they tell me it's sold or, or I get the notification that it's sold. And, and it's not like I contact them every day. I'll wait a week, and then I'll give it another week. And what's happened is whenever I do that, I end up getting the getting the item because people, whenever they get the message, either a they're looking for somebody else, they're looking for somebody else to offer them more, or you know, at that moment they have something going on in life, and so they're like, I don't want to hassle with it. Procter and Gamble, Ben and Jerry, supply and demand. These are pairs that changed the game. But when it comes to business growth, it's you and Shopify. From that exciting moment you launch your online shop to setting foot in your first real-life shop and gasping as you hit that millionth order. Shopify's beside you, cheering you on. Selling shipping supplies or maybe promoting productivity programs, it doesn't matter. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Their all-in-one e-commerce platform? Check. In-person POS system? You bet. Turn those casual browsers into loyal buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. Did you know it's up to 36% better than other platforms? And there's more. Meet Shopify Magic, your AI-powered MVP, making your life easier. Fact time. Shopify powers a whopping 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're the driving force behind big names like Allbirds and Brooklinen. And guess what? They support millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Oh, and did I mention their award-winning support team? Always there, every step of the way. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash pure hustle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pure hustle now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pure hustle. And so I had, you know, the same experience happen here. There was this, this set of uh, 007 James Bond. I shared this in my IG stories. Uh, they're James Bond uh, role-playing games. And, you know, they, they, they sell, they, there's, they're a little bit slower sellers. They're not great sell-through rate. Uh, but, you know, the price I was going to get them at, it was fine. And so I had messaged them like a month ago, didn't hear back. Messaged them two weeks ago, didn't hear back, you know. And I messaged them, I think, one more time. I'm like, hey, you know, I don't mean to bother. I see that these are still listed. Maybe you're looking for someone else. But just to let you know, I'm willing to buy these. You know, just, uh, you know, contact me if it's still available. So I don't hear anything crickets for two weeks. I don't know where Saturday morning when it's raining and I can't go to garage sales, I get a voicemail. And the voicemail was like, hey, Orlando, 
Uh, sorry, it took me a while to get back to you. You know, there's 11 people that wanted these items, but you were constantly contacting me and you are now number one. You know, come on by. <laughs> and so I called them back. I set it up. And I'm like, oh, my persistence paid off. I show up and it's in this industrial park in San Diego. And, you know, the guy's like, let me open the gate. I go back there and I go, wow. So is this your business? He's like, no, these are just some of my my storage areas where I just throw in my toys and whatever that's in there. I was like, what? Like, what? Like, because property's not cheap in San Diego. It's not like I can just go buy like some commercial unit, you know, and in talking to him, I, I I let him know. I said, hey, listen, do you have any other items? He's like, yeah, I do. I have, you know, I have so-and-so, but I didn't bring it out. And, you know, he asked me, like, what do you do? And, of course, I always share my research. I said, well, I sell on eBay, you know, and that's how I support my family. And, and he's like, oh, you're you're perfect. You're exactly what I'm looking for. He's like, I have all these friends that have these collections now, and they're kind of done with them. I, I know a guy that has all these video video games. And, you know, he wants them to go to a person that knows how to sell them and will sell them and get them to good homes. I know another guy that if he wants to write a check and and buy several million dollar cars, a garage full, he can do that. And he has a huge collection of of old Hot Wheels. And I was like, what? What is going on? And, you know, will this play out? Well, time will tell. Time will tell. But again, it's one of those like always network, always network. I, I gave him I gave him five business cards. I said, I'm giving you five. Because I'm hoping that you'll give these to at least five of your friends and that they'll reach out to me. He's like, oh, for sure. And he said, you know, I have more 007 stuff. And it was given to me by another lady. And she's like, if you want them, I'll just give them all to you. And I was like, what? This is crazy. And so this is this is the deals I like. I always tell people like network because I, I, I will say I'm not there yet, but I'm I'm pretty close to a place that if let's say I couldn't go to the thrift or I couldn't go to garage sales. I have a good, pretty good network of people throughout San Diego that I could call or they could call me and I could still be sourcing. And that's kind of kind of what you want, because the best deals, in my experience, come from local deals, because in local deals, you're able to get a lot of items for super cheap. And that means less gas mileage. That means less time to source the items. And, you know, when you're sourcing those items, it's not like you're trying to hunt for that treasure. You already know there's treasure. And what I end up finding out is when I make these huge deals, I end up finding other treasures that were unexpected, right? I find uh, a, a book that I didn't think was m that much. It's worth a lot more. And so so be aware of that. Uh, and so, again, I always love making connections. If you have not bought business cards and you're not using business cards, uh, whenever you go to a garage, sale, I'm not saying give it to everybody, but if you make a big purchase at a garage sale or you know they have other items, give them their business card. If you make a local deal, Give them your business card. Whatever scenario you think will play out later on, because it will. My biggest deals ever in reselling have not come from the thrift, have not come from a, a garage sale. It's come <clears throat> after a garage sale or after the thrift where I gave somebody something. They contacted me and they said, hey, Orlando, I know it's been two years since we talked, but I'm, re I'm, really, I'm really ready to get rid of all my Harley stuff. I'm, you know, I have these Hot Wheels. I have the storage unit. And that's how the big deals come through. So. That that is my random story of of encouragement. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't have actually anything super exciting. I do have. So I, I have um, the Goodwill bins I've talked about oh, yeah. here in this area, and they they rebuilt uh, the building here. It's it's really nice now. 
I mean, inside it's still like the warehouse part where you do the shopping is, I, I don't know how, what it compares to other Goodwills, but the outside of the building is really nice. And they've actually connected a separate building uh, or it, it's part of the same building, but it's a separate section of the building, uh, which is a special Goodwill um, like community center, as it were. And, you know, Goodwill in this area, I'd have to say, because maybe we're a little bit callous coming from San Diego, where I feel like, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a lot of the stuff is kind of like, I don't know, I'm not even in a small, small town, but I'm in a much smaller town now. And I've noticed that my my district, my school district that I work for actually partners a lot with the Goodwill for various things. Uh, and I had a training, uh, a leadership training at my school for a program we're using and I was able to like take half the day um, not to be in the classroom and go to this training. And it was actually at that Goodwill Center right connected to the bin. So it was weird going to work at the Goodwill bins, you know. Um, <laughs> but it, so that was like a, a trippy experience to me to have like both of my fields kind of overlap there for a minute. Um, I'm not going to say whether or not I got to uh, my work early or during my breaks. I did any uh, bin shopping. I, I, I will neither, neither confirm nor deny that. But, uh, you know, it was kind of a just an interesting random thing that it was like, huh, how convenient, you know, that uh, I'm at work, but also I'm at the Goodwill bins. So uh, kind of a trip. Uh, so there's that. And uh, just the other thing is um, with all the things I've had selling recently, um, I have fewer boxes. There was a long time there where every single Amazon box that came, I was saving. Um, and then I obviously have my eBay go to boxes of various sizes. But because I hadn't been saving as many boxes and because we moved and I didn't want to move stacks and stacks of empty boxes, um, I have I don't have a lot of the miscellaneous shapes. And so one of the things that has actually been really useful for me is, you know, going uh, go to Sam's Club every week and I buy things for um, it's kind of like a Costco. If you're not aware, um, I think more people know what Sam's Club is than Costco, but yeah. basically the same thing. Um, but going to Sam's Club, so or going to Costco and getting boxes there for various things, not the boxes that, you know, you load stuff in on your way out, but like the things that stuff come in. Uh, for instance, uh, I get some Tapa Chico carbonated waters and there's been like three items that have sold that it's been like, I don't have the right size box for this. Oh, how about that Tapa Chico box? Let's, uh, you're going to start some drama throw- with using food and drink boxes. Okay, so but but isn't the the rule you can't use alcohol boxes, right? Yeah, I know. So they're just it's just some people believe it's like not appropriate or whatever. Like it's yeah, it's, it's a full. And, and I, I and I I agree to the extent of it. It doesn't make me look like the most professional business, right? But at the same time, if somebody's buying a used pair of shoes or they're buying a used you know piece of some technology, I think they're more willing to say like. Hey, this came in a used box. It came in a diaper box. It came in a whatever. And it had eBay tape, which is another reason I love the eBay tape because you could take any box and wrap it up in eBay tape. And yes, you're right. Like it, it doesn't have that like polished look at this business. You know, if I was selling a thousand or 10,000 um, trading cards every year, I would have very specific boxes for those. Those would go out. It would look like my business would be more focused in that niche. But, you know, as an everything store, it's not that big of a deal, I don't think. Um, let us know in the comments below. What do you think? What are what are some of the boxes y'all use? Hot pocket boxes, you know. There we go. <laughs> Those might be too flimsy, though. Know. You know, they gotta be. They gotta have some. I know. It rigid always cracks me up when I see diaper boxes. Those crack me up too. I've done it, man. I've done no, it. I know. I've, I've shipped I'm in not, diaper boxes I'm not the one for sure. Shade. I just know some people get upset about that, so I just thought it's kind of funny. So, 
All right. Hey, um, so I don't have any more. Uh, I will say I am grateful for our discord and the fact that, you know, people are constantly keeping, you know, up with everyone in there, sharing their bolos, sharing their, their journey there. And so if you haven't yet jumped onto our discord, the be- the only way to do that is by supporting us via Patreon. And it's a bonus. It's only five fifty five a month. And uh, I've had a lot of people say, you guys should raise the price. I'm not looking forward to doing that anytime soon. Uh, The day will come eventually. But uh, if you want to get in there and you just, you know, want to be part of a community of thriving resellers, uh, you can sign up patreon.com slash PRSO podcast or go to the link below. Uh, Also, at the same time, uh, appreciate all of you that continue to show us support on social media. Uh, thank you to all of you new followers that came from uh, the Gateway Shop interview on Instagram. If you haven't been following us, we, we are Pure Hustle uh, Podcast on all social media, and we are Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. You could always give us a call to 619 738 1170. That's 619 738 1170. Or shoot us an email at purestpodcast at gmail.com. That's purestpodcast at gmail.com. And a grateful for all of you that listen to us on the podcast. If you want to jump on over to YouTube, it'd be helpful subscribe hit that bell notification especially now when we're going live on mondays we'd love to see you in the chat and you know drop some comments there and last of all thank you to all of you that leave us itunes reviews that definitely helps us out especially in the algorithm all right are we are we ready to talk about some some important things that have been taking place in the oh, reselling yeah, world there's a lot well there's not a lot ups and ebay laying off workers five million and nine stolen Reaction to Wayne's interview and eBay new 90-day total. All this and more on Reseller News. All right. So what do we got here? The layout. I, I man. brought oh. this. Okay, so it's it, it, it's interesting. I've been seeing so a lot lately. It's been interesting this whole discussion about layoffs, and the reason I say this is, I think I don't know. Maybe a year ago, when I was talking about the Fed raising interest rates and and recession and all those, you know, economic macro issues. Uh, you know, if you study economics, layoffs are like the the kind of like the tail end of everything, right? And whenever there's a declining economy, layoffs is the final breaking point until things, you know, get interesting. And you know, for a while, we we have felt that things are good and things are fine, and, and then the you know the Fed raised interest rates, and when the Fed ra- raises interest rates. There's less money in the economy. Less people are borrowing. Companies eventually start laying off people uh, because there's less money circulating. And so it's just it's bound to happen. And so to me, I I looked at this and I'm like, is this really a result of slow sales? Because I know a lot of people in the reselling space uh, have been sharing that, you know, eBay laid off a thousand workers. Uh, UPS laid off twelve thousand and it's it's another evidence of of slower sales of you know decline in reselling and i'm not 100% sold on that so i let me give my two reasons and and i'll let mike chime in cuz mike always either sets the record straight or you know leaves us with another perspective here so first of all i i had shared this on on instagram i think the re, re, there's a few reasons ups is where it's at uh one of them is because the higher salaries that were agreed upon with the unions. So a few months ago, they agreed to higher salaries. And now, you know, as, as things are getting interesting in the economy, uh, they, they're gonna, they have to shift around that money somewhere, right? If they're not getting more revenue, they're getting the same revenue, but they have to come up with more money. Either they make more money or they have cuts. So I think that's part of it. 
I think another reason is USPS ground advantage. I, I think I think that that was that dealt a huge blow to UPS. UPS didn't mention it, but if you look at it, I, I, I'm I'm talking about just anecdotally. Myself, I hardly ever go to UPS anymore. It's very rare. Pretty much anything, as long as it's ten pounds or under, uh, I end up shipping USPS ground advantage. And sometimes, if it's even more, I'll ship out USPS ground advantage if it's you know within California. And, you know, when I had posted on social media, comment after comment after comment, I don't go to UPS anymore. You know, it may cost me a couple dollars more to ship this USPS, but the gas I save by not having to drive to UPS is worth it for me to US, use USPS ground advantage. And so I'm thinking, OK, it, it maybe it's not slower sales. Maybe it's just, you know, an effect of the economy. Maybe eBay laying off workers is because eBay had hired a ton of people. In 2020 and 2021 and now you know obviously things have changed at ebay but maybe there isn't a need or maybe <laughs> there's some people that say nefariously that companies lay off people and then they rehire people a few months later for half of what they're paying them or for less money so that could be another thing there could be a restructuring and so i i want to make sure that that people in the reselling space aren't using these you know layoffs as an opportunity to go well i guess i better not worry about listing or sourcing or moving on and, and reselling because you know what this is just a sign that things are winding down and, and reselling you know definitely going to slow down and it's going to be really bad i do think uh th there is a role there is a place for it but i i don't think it should be the i don't want to say excuse but it should be used to rationalize you know walking away from reselling or, or stopping what you're doing yeah, I think it's kind of interesting, um, uh, a fresh perspective from you on that, because a lot of times we get accused of just being the like, let's doom and gloom it and say things are going bad, at, you know, the economy and stuff. So it, it is interesting and 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 refreshing to hear you kind of saying that, like, you know, maybe there's some of that, but also there's other factors that could be at play, too. You know, and that's true is, is the economy is such a huge, monstrous thing that it's impossible to like pinpoint any one single thing to be the problem. Uh, and, and, you know, recognizing that that's the case and, and you're right. I mean, um, we're getting to a point in time where, you know, a, a whole generation kind of that, that boomer generation is like at that retiring age, the last, the last section of the boomers are starting to retire. And so, um, a lot of them do have, as far as companies are concerned, kind of inflated or, or bloated salaries because they've been at the company so long. I've worked at many companies where that happens, where it's like, hey, let's get rid of the person that's been here for 13 years because we can hire some brand new person. Maybe that's less competent, but we can pay them half as much. And so that that could be an aspect to it. And so, yeah, it's like it's hard to look at just one one indicator and say, oh, you know, this that's it. That's the end of reselling for us. Um, you know, it's it's things are too bad. Because there's a lot of good things in our favor right now, right? Like uh, right now, tax it's tax time. Like reselling always picks up around tax time. People have taxes coming in, and again, you know, bad downturn economy. People do turn to the secondary market. So I think I think reselling is one of those things that there. It's like a, a rubber band, right? Like you got to find like sometimes it expands, sometimes it retracts, or like trying to find level. Like when you know, water always finds level. And I think the economy is the same way. Is is it reselling is a good indicator of that? It's, there's going to be times where we're trying to find level, so there's tons of excess in the market, or there's tons of uh, of need in the market, and there's not enough. So it, it's always going to balance out at some point and in some way. And so um, I think if you stick to it long enough, yeah, you're going to. There's going to be some downs, but then also the benefits of the down come into effect. And then when things pick back up, well, there's benefits to things picking back up too. So 
you just have to adapt. You know, I think we've always kind of talked about that, the importance of, of adapting. No, I agree. I agree. And uh, again, it's not to say that things aren't slowing down or haven't slowed down for some, but again, if you, if you're hang, hang out with us at our next live and our previous live that we had uh, before this podcast dropped, we, we talked about that. There are some resellers that are making it happen. Uh, Wayne was a testimony of that. And, and we'll talk about that here in a moment. Uh, but I, I, I think right now, I feel like a lot of people are looking for every excuse to say, hey, reselling is not the way to go. Reselling is not going to happen. And is it possible that now things will begin to change? And the reason I say that is in all the research that we, we did, you know, that we were talking about a year or two ago when we interviewed Craigslist Hunter, when we interviewed Amazing Taste, when we interviewed all these individuals that went through the 08 recession, they said that during the recession was when things really began to take off. And so is it possible that we're at that cusp? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. All right. So this other news story was 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 interesting. <laughs> and so a man from Memphis here in California uh, was arrested for having five million dollars in Nike shoes. And it, we always have this. We have this, this discussion in this course sometimes, you know, is theft impacting reselling? And I will tell you, I do think it is. I think if you're doing retail arbitrage, it's a, it's a huge deal. Uh, and look at the night. I mean, I all you need is a few people to have a few stolen goods that they're making full profit on to list those items at below the market value and sell it. And it'll tank that item. Right. It'll tank the value. And so just I, I'm just sharing this to be to be careful. Retail arbitrage at the moment in time. It is funny because <laughs> eBay, eBay, I'm not laughing about this, but. It, the irony that we get Vero'd for like saying Velcro in our listing, we get Vero'd for onesie or we get, you know, we get counterfeit claims for vintage hats, but yet, you know, there's all this craziness happening on eBay. I don't know if you saw eBay recently had, they were fined $59 million for selling a pill, like the pill. Yeah. Pill makers. Pill makers. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think there's bigger problems that they need to deal. And maybe they probably are, but, um, Again, just but how do you know, right? Like, like I would hate for I would hate for everything we list because there's times I go to a garage sale and I buy something for five dollars that I can sell for a hundred, and the actual going rate for it is a hundred and fifty or one hundred and seventy five. But I want to move it quick, and I would hate for eBay to be like, "Man, you're selling a lot of things under the market. Maybe it's stolen." You know, so it's a difficult thing yeah, to like really yeah. track. So, um, I, you know, it's it's one of those things where. You know, I, I I'm all for like you, if you could police the things that need to be policed and get rid of it. I'm all for that. But at the same time, you know, if there's a little bit of freedom and if a couple of bad guys get away with doing some bad things, but it also gives 99% of us the freedom to not be harassed 24 seven about every item we've purchased. It's like, ugh, you know, it's, it's a tough line to walk. No, I, I agree. I agree. I, I just I look at this as it's just it's a sign of the times, you know, right now how things are where, you know, it, it's I, I can tell you even on Amazon, I there have several items I picked up that I just I'm not selling anymore just because. I can't I can't compete people selling not only they're not only selling at wholesale, they're selling it below wholesale. So they're getting it somewhere where it's really cheap. And is it theft? I don't know. But just be aware of that. All right. Hey, have you checked out the new? Do you have the new eBay 90 day total on your phone? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me. So uh, the, what, the, what makes it new? So new is now they have it. Now it's disappeared when I'm talking about it right now. But uh, there used it, it used to be, you know, it just gives you 90 day total and included mm -hmm. like your shipping, canceled orders, you know, refunded right. orders. Well, now they updated it to just having 
uh, items that were for sure paid and shipped. So canceled orders, refunds are no longer in there. So it's adjusted. And my 90 day total is the same as my 90 day total on the desktop. And the only reason I bring this up is because we've talked about this multiple times and I'm glad eBay fixes. My recommendation is that they also have shipping removed. Now that's going to skew numbers because, you know, obviously people that do free shipping. That's going to be their number. But I think it gives you even a better idea uh, than having to go to reports and having to click. Like I would just love that information right off the bat. So I, I think that will play a huge role in no longer people showing their 90 day numbers. I think 90 day numbers can be motivational, but also I, I believe they don't give the whole story. All right. So this last one, I don't want to land here too long, uh, but it was interesting. The, 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 I don't know, what do you call it? The, the ramifications or the backlash, the backlash. And I, I oh, what is like backlash of like one or two people. Was, so I wouldn't make it, it too was, big. It was more than one or two. It was several, but it wasn't, it wasn't legit. I don't think it was fair. Uh, and, and I, but I, I do agree with a lot of the things that some people had said. Uh, it's interesting because I, I love Wayne's approach. Now clarify what you're talking about here. So people know. No, I know I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's taking a little bit, you know, to get the you got it. don't moving. bury the lead, man. Don't bury the lead. Right. So a lot of people were like, oh, Wayne, you know, he has this following. He has this audience. And that's why he's successful at whatnot. That's why he's successful at reselling. And, you know, he's actually not showing his real numbers and and da, da, da. And, and I, I think what happens is whenever people are successful, a lot of people struggle with it. Right. Because we're having a hard time. Right. And it's hard to see other people successful. Right. And so we can look at Wayne in, in two ways. We can one way go. Yeah, we could, you know, we could dismiss him. We could say, no, it's only because he has a huge following. Uh, it's only because he's just looking at the gross numbers or he's only looking at this. And and I, I think there's truth to some of that. If, if you know, if he was doing that, if he was just showing his gross numbers and, you know, he, he was only telling us one side of the story. But I, I get the sense that and not just the sense I know because I've 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 talked to Wayne. I, I've talked to him off the podcast. Uh, that, you know, he is number one legitimate and number two, he does show his numbers. He actually just had a post on social media on January about his numbers on Mercari, on eBay, on whatnot, on Poshmark yeah. and so on. Yeah. Well, what I would say, you know, just looking at, cause I actually, after that interview went through and watched some of his content, some of his long form, like him out, out doing sourcing and then him going live afterwards to do like a reveal, like what I purchased and and um, he's one of the most transparent resellers that I've, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of, of other resellers that are just as transparent, but um, of, of the ones that I've seen, it's very transparent. And also even in the interview, I, you know, he was very transparent with the fact that, cause I asked, I said, what, what does your audience look like? Is it other resellers coming on or is it your, you know, your fans coming on to buy something from you or is it people looking for those items? And he was, you know, transparent with the fact that it's both, you know, like in the beginning, you've got to get people over who, who know who you are and they're buying because of that. And that, that gets people in your your store and then the more eyes that you have in your store or aren't are on one of your lives then you start bringing in more of an organic audience as well who are looking to purchase items and that's just the nature of that beast um and so fair enough for those who don't want to do whatnot and don't want to put in that grind you know that's that's not for everyone uh, but but again it's hard to it's hard to um criticize somebody who's successful i mean it's it's an easy thing to do um you know, you look at anybody who's been successful and maybe an athlete like, yeah, well, you know, this athlete, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but think about like from the time they were probably in like middle school, elementary school, how many hours they put into working this. And and I know for a fact, like 
the the number the just the sheer number of hours of content that he's put out there and like i said i I followed some of his tiktoks back in the day when he was first starting out and there's like two people on there and he's live and i jump in and it's like oh hey look look he's live and he's talking to some people and and how many hours he put in that amount of work before he got that audience and so is the whatnot uh model for everyone no i think you have to probably have a certain a certain level of um of uh, charisma, you have to have a certain level of like being okay putting yourself out there and, and building that audience and and eating dirt for months and months basically while you're doing that, and not making very much. And so, uh, yeah, I think all, more power to them. Um, now, is it easier to criticize like, hey, here's a person who has never resold anything in their life, and then they use their fame like, hey, I'm a famous actor, or actress, and oh, and also you can buy this product. And but even that, like, they're they're using their reputation, they're yeah, selling they their the reputation. Word. I, yep. I think the landscape has changed. I, I will say for myself, you know, I have uh, 1,500 followers on my eBay store. And I've never once have said, you know, I, I don't, I've never showed like on a YouTube video, like, hey, you can buy this item. I've never done that on, on Instagram either. Now, do I get DMs all the time when I'm outsourcing? Like, hey, you know, I, can, can we make a deal before you ever list this? And sure, I, it happens all the time. Uh, I get people that buy stuff from me uh, on eBay and they said, Hey, Lando, it's, it's me. I'm a, you know, huge listener to the show. I just wanted to show you some support. So I bought this item. And that's one of the reasons I won't show my, our numbers or my numbers is because I know there's a lot of people that don't have that following. And, and it's not a true number of like being a quote unquote true reseller where you have no social media at all. But I do think we're reaching a, a point now and recently, at least now where things are turning the corner where if you really want to, you know, scale, one of the easier ways to scale is by building a following, whether it be on social media. doesn't mean that you have to do, make videos or do a podcast of how to resell or anything. You could just document your journey or, you know, whatever it is. But I do think that that is part of reselling now. I, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a clear distinction. Uh, if you watch anybody on YouTube, I don't think there's anybody on YouTube that is not in some way benefiting from being on YouTube or making a podcast in their reselling. They could all day say, Hey, I'm not running any ads. I'm not, you know, taking any affiliate money. I'm not, you know, cause we get knocked for ads all the time. <laughs> you know, you, you, I don't think there's anybody, anybody. I think it would be, it would be foolish to say that somebody's just recording videos just for the benefit of everybody else. I, I, I don't think so because eventually you do see that, Hey, you know what? There's still an opportunity here. So why wouldn't people take that opportunity? So Wayne was, you know, he put in that hustle. He was brilliant. Uh, I remember the days and he's, he was streaming on all four platforms, TikTok. I don't know, on, on X, uh, on YouTube, on whatever you name it. And, and it paid off and hats to him. He's, he's, he's bigger than we are now when it comes to the social media space, as far as on social media. And so, you know, just just think about that and just understand that that's just the reality of where we're at reselling. Uh, but I appreciate, you know, the comments below if you want to, you know, share some more and carry this conversation forward. All right. We got to talk yeah. about some bolos here. Let's do it. What's your bolo? Yeah. All right. We'll make this quick because we're about to go live here. But my bolo is... Uh, we've talked in the past about like Skylander games and various uh, games like that, where it's like the, I don't know what they're called. Uh, I think Nintendo calls them, you know, Amiibos or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't Amiibos. Know. Yeah. Um, and you, so, but anyways, the ones where you put the little figures on the game 
And, uh, you know, some of them, Skylanders, you've you've had some hauls. I've had some that have been successful. Uh, but one that can be easily passed up on because most of them aren't super valuable are like the Disney Infinity ones. Uh, it's a different game. It's not Skylanders, but same concept. And um, m- most of them are not great, but I've had a few that have sold really well. Uh, I'll just give you one example. Um, the Spider-Man uh, Disney Infinity ones. You find those, they'll sell for, you know, $20 plus every time. And you find a box of of Star Wars or not Star Wars, uh, Marvel Infinity pieces. And most of them might only sell for two or three dollars a piece. But that one sells for 20. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't be afraid to look up a few of them that, that are valuable because uh, that allows you. Sometimes you can cherry pick if you buy a whole lot of them. Great, because then you can make a lot. But maybe you're looking through a box and you're like, oh, how much for just this one? As opposed to buying a bunch that are cheap and, and off you know, if you, if you buy a big box and your cost of goods actually goes down, if you're buying a bunch that aren't worth it, so, or up or I don't know, you know what I'm saying? So no, uh, look it. for the ones that are valuable and, um, and, and yeah, like for instance, the Spider-Man Disney infinity, it's a valuable one. So don't be afraid to look up the individual prices. It doesn't take long in each of those just to figure out which, which three or four models tend to sell the best. Yeah. Or you can lock them up there and there's not a lot of money on some of them, but yeah, like you said, there are some that are valuable, just like calendars, even though the market has dropped on those. Some of the older ones, there's good money there. So my bolo, I, I've shared this before. It's been a while, but digital cameras are definitely coming back. Uh, and again, I'm not saying the ones that are like, you know, <laughs> one megapixel. I don't know what the lowest one was, but, you know, the higher the megapixel, the more chances that they're going to be valuable. But people are really right now in a place where they want something that can't get hacked, something that doesn't need to be saved on a cloud. And so I see a lot of people selling digital cameras uh the canon elf is one of them uh sunny some of the sony cyber shots uh and every model is different so you got to look them up but definitely check them out and even if broken like let's say the the lens like the camera like comes out but it won't come back in and it stays stuck people will still buy those and i have international buyers right now and anytime i list them people will buy them because they'll fix them and they'll just flip them over again and i'm okay you know selling it for 35 instead of 70 if i paid you know two three bucks for it so definitely keep an eye out for digital cameras uh, i find that more and more stuff like that is going to become more popular over time because uh, you know people like the, people like the experience of of having to to go to a party or go to a concert or something and not always having a post they just want to have the pictures and you know they want to have a place that they go to where it's not going to get lost or hacked or they lose their phone or whatever so definitely check those out all right mike what are you looking forward to here all right, this one's maybe a little bit more long term, but I have a goal in the next couple of months to do a storage, to bid on a storage. So uh, that is, it's kind of where I'm aiming right now. I've been kind of checking out a few programs that are are selling storage units, and then trying to figure out myself where I'm going to put inventory, how I'm going to uh, get inventory out. Uh, but I, I'm kind of interested in doing that and making a video on that. So uh, something I'm looking forward to. What about you? So <laughs> there's a few things I'm looking forward to. Number one, I can't wait for this whole flood debacle to be done. I'm looking forward to reorganizing even better uh, so I can make more room uh, for inventory. I, I had plans on, on starting whatnot up again uh, this week, but I, I just can't. I have stuff all over the house and it's going to be hard to make a specialized. I like I want to have a space for whatnot. It's kind of like listing. If you don't have a space kind of figured out where you're going to list and you're always doing it in different places, Sometimes you're like, I don't know if I want to move the table. I don't know if I want to do that. And I find that's the same thing with whatnot. So I'm looking forward to getting that going. Um, I do have, you know, clothing that I want to move. 
uh, that I think either people can flip or either, you know, people will enjoy some of the stuff uh, that, that I'm selling, especially as I said, I'm moving away from clothing. And so that's one thing uh, I'm looking forward to. And and overall, you know, I, I can't wait for this rain to be done so I can go to garage sales and, and share some stories. Uh, so but I'm still excited about the thrift lately. It's been really good. It's been it's been enjoyable. I went to one thrift store for two, three hours. Went to lunch because it was a bigger thrift store that's always busy. Went to lunch, came back, and I sourced the same thrift store again. And it was definitely worth it. And I know some people that do that like almost every day. It's kind of wild. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, appreciate all of you tuning in. Uh, make sure you know to hit that bell notification uh, so you know when we go live. And as always, if you're not subscribed, subscribe and smash that like button. Thank you, everybody, tuning in. And as always, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Peace.